welcome to Glory to Glory, the radio teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Join us now in our study as we open the Word together. I think it's more has to do with the apostate. It says, in the man of sin is revealed, the son of perdition, who poses and exalts himself above all that is called God or that is worship, so that he sits as God, listen right here, sits as God in the temple of God, showing himself that he is what? Isn't that scary? That's the Antichrist. He's going to go in the temple, sacrifices are going to take place, and at one point in the middle of the tribulation period, he's going to declare himself, and I can't even, he's going to say, I'm God. And they're like, you're a freak, and they're going to run. <laughs> but listen, how many were here on Tuesday that, or, or watched, watched Don Stewart in my place? Not too many. That's good. Raise your hands. I wanted to see how many. Oh, okay. Well, about a quarter of you. Well, listen, well, if you, you missed something if you weren't here. Saudi Arabia, look, you, you don't want to miss this. Saudis are saying that the Temple Mount and the Alaska Mosque are not important to Islam anymore. And there's talks already of building another temple. This is new. This just happened a few days ago. This just happened like five or six days ago. Monday. Yes, thank you. That's awesome. Because what's happening is they're, they're making a way for the third temple. We know for a fact there will be a third temple. But there was this whole confusion. How are they going to do that when the Dome of the Rock is there? How are they going to do that? How are they going to work with the Muslims? Well, right now the Muslims there, the, the, the Arabs that are there, that are, they're saying right now, the Saudi Arabians and all are saying, wait a second, uh, the, the Temple Mount's really not even holy to us. And it's true. And so they're finally realizing it's not a holy place for us. So they're kind of like stepping back and saying, well, you know, maybe, you know, maybe you guys should build your temple because this isn't really holy ground for us. Our Mecca is our holy place. You guys should have your, this is just in the news. This is something huge that's taking place just recently that's taking place, falls right into where we're at here, where that third temple will be on the Temple Mount. Fascinating stuff, amen? amen? Verse seven, war broke out in heaven, Michael and his angels fought, and the dragon and the dragon and his angels fought, but they did not prevail. Thank you, Lord, they didn't prevail. Nor was a place found for them in heaven any longer. That's talking about the devil. During the tribulation period, during the uh, midway point of the tribulation period, Satan and his angels, a third of the angels, will be totally cast down to the earth, no longer, listen, no longer having access to heaven anymore. They have access right now to heaven. They, they, uh, Satan is the accuser of the brethren. As we read in our text, he's accusing us day and night before the throne of God, but not at the midway period. So the dragon was cast out, that serpent of old, called the devil and Satan, who deceived, look at this. Can we read this thing? Who deceives the? The whole world. And he was cast to the earth, and his angels were cast with him. Some people, they think that there's Satan and there's God. And that's like the, his Satan, you know, God is Satan's counterpart. They, like, they can, like they're on equal fighting levels. If you think that, you are thinking wrong. But maybe they think good and evil, Satan and God. If there is a counterpart, if there is an equal, it would be Michael the archangel, and that's, they, they fight, and even Michael the archangel prevails against Satan. Satan's not this big, huge thing. He's not all-knowing. He's not all-wise. He's not all-present. God is. And he takes a third of the angels with him. He, he takes a third of the, that means two-thirds of the angels are 
still on God's side. God doesn't even need those angels, but just to, you know, let you understand that when it comes to battles. But he deceives the whole world. Beware of deception. Beware of deception. A while back, my wife and I were in need of getting a, a microwave and for the counter. We just wanted a small little microwave for the corner of the counter. And so a friend of ours we know works at a place, you know, to, to purchase at a store. So we went to visit him. He said, anytime, come and visit me. And so, so we told him what we needed, just a small microwave. And he says, oh, wow. He goes, let me check this. He goes, look at this. He goes, this microwave's like $239. He says, it's on sale for 191 He goes, I can give it to you for 75 bucks. And I thought, this, you know, honey, this is perfect, $75. She goes, well, look at the size. You know, it's like huge. You know, it's like, and I was like, well, what's $75, though? <laughs> and she was like, yeah, that's true. It's, it's like, you know, $239.70. That's a big, huge savings. And how could we pass that up? So we end up bringing, the, we bought the, the $75 microwave and... <laughs> And it was so funny. I kid you not. I'm walking up the stairs because we, you know, the way our house is built. And it's like it was growing as I was walking up the stairs. It's like, <laughs> this thing was huge. And we set it up on the counter and it's just, it's, it, I mean, it, there's just no way. It just takes up the whole counter. It was just like, like what, are we, what were we thinking? <laughs> we couldn't get past. I mean, we knew it was too big. We knew it wouldn't fit. It looked a lot smaller in the showroom than it did in the house. But, but still, it's like sometimes we can, we're just so easily deceived. I mean, we took it back and they you know, gave us our money back. We bought a little small one, which we still have, and it fits there. And it was, wasn't that much more money to get a small one. It's just like, but, but beware of deception. It's, it, we could be so easily deceived that Satan is a deceiver. And as I mentioned earlier, deception is just running rampant right now. It's terrible. Lord, help us. Go back in our text. Revelation 12, 10, verse 10, it says, And I heard a loud voice saying, In heaven now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come for the accuser of the brethren who accused them before God day and night has been cast down. Notice he accuses us before the throne of God day and night. You know what I like to say? Beat him there. Satan goes before the throne of God accusing us. Go to the throne right away. You mess up, God forgive me. God cleanse me, I'm sorry. Wash me in the blood of the Lamb. And then Satan goes and accuses us, and it's like, uh, do you know that so-and-so, your servant Joe, he did this? And it's like, yeah, it's, he's already repented. It's, I knew all about it. Oh, man. <laughs> it's forgiven. This is the part I want to focus on. But they had victory. They, they overcame. The, the word, if you're a note-taker, the word overcame means victory. They had victory. They, they prevailed. How did they prevail? It tells us by the blood of the lamb and the word of the testimony. And they did not love their lives till the death. These are the tribulation saints that are going to have a warfare like we've never seen before. They're not going to be able to prevail against Satan and the demonic realm because they won't have the empowerment of the Holy Spirit like we do. How did they prevail though? They prevailed by the blood of the lamb, the word of the testimony, and they didn't love their lives until death. They, they realized that their lives weren't theirs anymore, that they were purchased. And I believe for application, we can get a lot out of this because if we want to prevail when it comes to spiritual things, we want to prevail and have victory over our past life, I believe it's important 
to realize that we can by the blood of the lamb. Obviously, that's speaking of Jesus, the lamb of God, his blood. It's not the physical blood, though. If it was the physical blood, when Jesus was nailed to the cross and when they, when they scourged him, then the executioners would have been automatically saved. You know, they were, you know, scourging him and the blood would have splattered on him. Like, oh, wow, I'm saved. It's not the physical blood. It's his blood that was shed and it speaks of forgiveness of sins. His blood on the cross of Calvary, his blood was shed. He who knew no sin became a sin sacrifice for us. He took our place. He took our punishment at the cross of Calvary. He took your punishment. And listen, because of that, if you receive him as your Lord and Savior, your sins are forgiven. Past sins, forgiven. Present sins, forgiven. Future sins, forgiven. Sin is forgiven. And I believe there's too many Christians walking around with guilt and shame because of sin. And I would encourage them, realize, because of the blood of the lamb, you're forgiven. Go to the cross. And realize and have that assurance that once you go to the cross, and you don't, just as a believer, you're forgiven, but we're to confess our sin to him. And realize you're forgiven. And don't walk in condemnation. Don't walk in guilt. Don't walk in shame. Realize the blood of Jesus Christ washes us. It cleanses us from all of our unrighteousness. You know, think of Paul the apostle. And, you know, he had Christians murdered. Paul, he was, before he was a Christian himself, he was Saul of Tarsus. He, he hated Christianity. He thought that they were of the way. They're, 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 they were deceived. And he had them locked up. And he had some of them killed. Could you imagine the torment of that? Paul the Apostle said, one, this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind, I press forward to those things that are ahead. And it's good for us to forget those things that are behind because they can hold us back from what God has in store for our lives. And we can have victory. We can prevail just as the tribulation saints when we realize, wait a second, the blood of the lamb, his blood was shed for all of my sins. I'm forgiven. Charles Spurgeon he said, nothing provokes the devil as much as the cross. There's power in the cross of Calvary. There's power in the cross. I heard a story about a, this gentleman was cutting himself, and he was suicidal. And his family were very concerned about him because they didn't know what to do. He just, he just went into this, this spiral downward. They didn't know how to help him. And so finally, they begged him, can you please go to the pastor of our church and you know, talk to him and get some biblical counseling. And so finally, he, he agreed to go. And, and so as he was going through the biblical counseling, check this out. He confessed to the pastor. He said, because the pastor was asking him, what's, what's, what is really going on? Why are you so tormented? What's happened? And he said, I slept with my brother's wife and I can't live with myself. He said, I messed up. I love my brother, and I know it'll kill him. And so the pastor led this man in a prayer to receive Christ, and the, the weight of that sin was lifted off of him. I don't have all the details, but his brother was a Christian, and he confessed it. They worked it out. They put it behind them, and they were able to, all of them, to walk in freedom, and they didn't have to walk with that guilt and shame anymore in their lives. That's a heavy thing. But either we believe that the blood of Jesus Christ washes and cleanses us of all of our sins or we don't believe that. But when you believe it, like that man, let me tell you, it brings great freedom. I believe a lot of times where kids are cutting themselves a lot, it's because they, 
the way God built us, that when, we get, when we're punished for our sin, when we're punished like, oh, I remember being a kid, doing something bad, I'd walk around with guilt on my face, like, oh, I messed up, I, I ate, you know, I had my hand in the cookie jar, I ate some cookies, I wasn't supposed to do that, and I was walking around with guilt, and then my dad would go, what's, what's wrong? And I was like, what are you talking about? And he's like, <laughs> says, obviously you did something wrong. I says, well, how do you know? And he's like, he says, you would tell me this all the time, it's written all over your face. <laughs> tell me what you did. I ate some cookies I wasn't supposed to. Can you say it louder so I can hear you? <laughs> Seriously. And then I would get punished or whatever, go to my room and get the punishment. And that, listen, the punishment, then it was over. And I believe that's why some of these kids are cutting themselves because why they're not being punished for what they're, what they're doing. They're not, they're, they're, they know they're guilty and they've got the guilt and shame. So they're, 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 they're punishing themselves. They're inflicting themselves because they realize I'm wrong. I'm terrible. It's bad. And you don't need to do that. You see, for the Christian, Jesus Christ was punished for our sins. He took our shame. He took our guilt. He took the penalty on the cross of Calvary, and we can walk in freedom. It, but listen, it's, it's not a ticket to sin. Do you understand that? Some Christians are like, oh, well, I'll just go to the cross. It's not a ticket to sin. But when you do sin, when you mess up, he's quick to forgive. He's slow to anger. That's our Lord. Wonderful verses that go with this. Isaiah 55, 7. Let the wicked, can you say this with me please? Forsake his way. And the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord. And he will have mercy on him. And to our God, for he will what? Abundantly pardon. pardon. That's our God. Go to him. Let him cleanse you. Let him, you know, take that away from you. Deliver you. He will abundantly pardon you. Ephesians 2.13, talking about the blood of Jesus Christ, it says, but, but now in Christ Jesus, you who were afar off, talking about the Gentiles, most of us here have been brought, can we say that word together, brought near, by what? By the blood of Christ. We, we're brought near into a relationship with God. Why? Because of the blood of Jesus Christ. Because of his blood shed on the cross, we can come near. We have full access to the throne of God anytime, day or night, 24-7. We can go right to the throne of grace because of the blood of Jesus Christ. It gives us victory, amen? Another great verse goes with it. You guys know this, one of my favorite verses in the whole Bible. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to what? Forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from? Don't you love that verse? If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all, all unrighteousness. Everything we've done, he'll cleanse you, he'll wash you, he'll purify you. Keep going to him. It's a powerful verse. Another one that goes with this, a few verses before the other one, John, 1 John 1, 7. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with who? One another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, does what? cleanses us from what? Some sin? Most sin? All sin. Every sin. The blood of Jesus Christ will cleanse us from all sin. Being in the light means being truthful, being real, not holding on to unconfessed sin. Like, like God doesn't know what you did. You ever think of that? Oh, I'm not going to tell anybody. I'm not telling a single soul what I did. How about God? No, not even God. He knows. He knows. 
We've said this before. Confession is say the same as. You're just saying the same thing as God is saying. God, it's wrong. It's sin. Forgive me. If you want to be stuck in sin for the rest of your life, don't confess it. Don't admit that it's, it's sin. And let me tell you, spiritually speaking, your life will be miserable. Miserable spiritually. Oh, but I'm doing this. I'm doing that. So what? How is that going to work in heaven when you stand before your maker and he looks at you and says, why didn't you confess that to me? Well, you know, so-and-so told me it's okay. Everybody else was doing it. Everybody says it's okay. But you know my word. Yeah, I know, but I wanted to cleanse you. I wanted to forgive you. I wanted to restore you. I wanted to help you. I wanted to use you in the most powerful ways that you couldn't even imagine. I wanted to do in your life far more exceedingly, abundantly, above everything you could even ask or think of. My plans for you are so good. I created you specifically for a purpose and a plan. I I created you uniquely for, for what I've called you to do. And all you had to do was confess it to me and turn from it. But you chose not to. Guys, confession is powerful. The cross is amazing. When we repent of our sin, when we confess it to him, when we agree with him, it humbles us. You, you need to humble yourself. Pride will keep you from the cross. Can I repeat that? Pride will keep you from the cross. I'm not going. I don't need to. Has somebody lied to you? What deception are you under? Truth will set you free. Truth will set you free. And you won't have to be like this anymore with such joy and such peace. I'm not saying that you know, your total walk is just gonna be joyful and peaceful, but let me tell you, you can have the joy of the Lord in the midst of the worst troubles that come your way because you are set free. Sin brings bondage. Christ sets us free. God doesn't want any of his children in bondage. Oh, I can handle it. And you're stuck. No, no, I'm good. All you need to do for that foothold that's in your life, just say, God, I messed up. I'm wrong. I agree with you. Forgive me. Set me free. And I'll walk in all of your ways. I'll choose to follow you from this day forward and all the days of my life. Use me. Wash me. Cleanse me. Show me why I'm created, God. Help me to hear which way that I would walk in it. Amen? Amen. Interesting with that word cleanse. That word cleanse at the latter part of this verse, in the original language in the Greek, it's a, the tense of the word is it, it's a present continual action, a present continual action. In other words, it continually, it keeps on cleansing us from all of our sins, constantly, continually cleansing us from all of our sins. I love the hymn. Don't you love this, this hymn? What can wash away our sins? Can we say it together? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make us whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. No other fount I know. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. For my part in this I see. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. For my cleansing, this my plea. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Nothing can for sin atone. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Not of good that I have done. I hope we know that. Not of good that I have done. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. The last part. This is all my hope and peace. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. This is all my righteousness. Nothing, nothing, nothing but the blood of Jesus. They overcame. We can overcome. We can have victory through the blood of Jesus. Amen? Amen. Amen. 
The last part that we'll look at is the word of their testimony. They overcame by the word of their testimony. Do you know how powerful testimonies are? Chad Williams gave his testimony last Sunday. Wasn't that powerful? It's the word of our testimony. Testimonies are powerful. Can I encourage you? No matter what your testimony is, use it, share it. Keep it alive. Keep your testimony alive. I know some people that say, well, pastor, I don't have much of a testimony. I was raised in the church, and, you know, I didn't really go and all these terrible things you talk about, and I've never done anything like that. That is a better testimony. (laughs) I mean, I'll trade you. You know the crazy stuff that's in my head because I wasn't raised in a Christian home? Things that I still have to deal with that pop up in my mind sometimes, like, where did that come from? Well, it's like a computer. It's in there. I'm forgiven. It's forgotten. It's under the blood, but it pops up sometimes. But if you don't engage in those things of this world, what a blessing that you have that testimony. Believe me, if I can redo it all over again, I'd say, "Um, I want their testimony, Lord. I want to go back. I don't want all that craziness that I went through. You do not have to learn by your parents' experience or your friends' experience. You don't have to learn. Learn, In other words, you don't have to go through it on your own to say, well, I want their testimony. I want to try it. Well, they tried it, so I'm going to try it. No, please don't do that. You have a testimony. I remember the very first time I I shared my testimony. It was at my baptism. My brother-in-law, the pastor, asked me to share my testimony. And I was starting to write things down, to write down what I was going to say. And really, I remember this so clearly. God said, don't write anything down. I'm like, what do you mean? You don't like to write something down. He's like, every time that I would think of something, I better write it down. And God would say, don't write it down. I was like, okay. And he said, just trust me. And there at Metro Beach, outside in front of family and friends and I just remember opening up my mouth for the very first time and I gave my testimony when people were weeping and crying and that was the first time I realized, wow, God, I like being used by you. Use me, Lord. Didn't know I was called to be a pastor, didn't know any of that. I just know, wow, I want to be a mouthpiece because I see the power of my testimony. I see the power of your word and how powerful it is. Guys, every one of us have a testimony. They overcame by the word of their testimony. They, they knew they were saved and they shared that testimony. Share your testimony. Not just how you got saved. I would say our daily testimonies, the things that God is doing currently in our life, share it. I call them God stories. I, I love telling God stories. This is what God did. Here's one for you. Thursday, our our uh, prayer time we have on Thursdays, right? It's, it's online and all. You can watch it. Some of you watch us online at our prayer time. During that time, somebody stumbled upon us on, on, online and they found us. She called here because it says, you know, there's a number. She called here, prayed with a pastor to receive Jesus Christ as her Lord and Savior. Just, just found us online. And now she's born again of the Holy Spirit. They overcame by the blood of the Lamb by the word of their testimony. As we close, end time battles. There's gonna be some crazy battles that are gonna take place with Michael and Satan. It's gonna be, it's gonna be something. But the battles that we're in today, God wants to give you and I victory. By the blood of the lamb, we're forgiven. By the word of our testimony, letting people know what God has done for us. Has God saved you? Share that. Well, pastor, I don't know how to communicate that well. That's okay. Pretty simple. I was blind spiritually. Now I can see. 
It was Jesus. And for the people, listen to this, the people that knew you, who you were before Christ, they're going to like, I believe that. I, I know the person. Battles are for us. We can prevail. He wants to give us victory. As you go through the battles, look to him. Watch him work. When he closes a door, thank him for that closed door because he has a better door. Hi, this is Pastor Joe, and I'd like to take a moment to personally invite you to one of our three services here at Calvary Chapel of the Harbor in Huntington Beach. Our service times are 9 a.m., 10.45 a.m., and 12.30 p.m. Please come and say hi after the service. I would love to meet you. For more information, check out our website at ccoth.com. That's ccoth.com. Hopefully, we'll see you here later today. God bless you. You have been listening to Glory to Glory with Pastor Joe Pettick, an outreach of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. If you would like to enter into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, call now at 714-788-8221. That's 714-788-8221. Our address is 16450 Pacific Coast Highway in Huntington Beach, California, 92649. We're located in Peter's Landing Marina in Huntington Harbor. Now, may we continue to go to his throne of mercy as he changes us from glory to glory.